Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Onshot.net. Episode 57 Provide Online Payslips. I learned a new word a few weeks ago in a poetry writing group I'm in. I can't actually pronounce it, but I'm going to give it a go. Philatelist. Now, I had to Google what it meant as I couldn't figure out what the poem was about uh, without knowing what the word philatelist means. And sorry for mispronouncing it, if I am. And I was a bit disappointed when it actually turned out that it was someone who collects stamps. I'm kind of intrigued by people that collect things when they're adults. And whether it's collecting stamps, dolls, vinyl records or whatever it might be, I I often wonder what it is that possesses fully grown adults to start collecting things and, and what they actually get out of it. Now, I didn't think I collected anything. Uh, until I came to writing this episode. I, I, I don't deliberately do it, but inadvertently, when I became a teacher, I became a collector of something pointless as well. And that is, I'm a collector of payslips. Every fortnight, I get an envelope, I open it up, I check it hasn't gone down, and I, I, <laughs> I well, I mean the numbers, anyway, don't go down, and I, I throw it onto a pile of other payslips inside a box. Now, I used to keep my P60s and other tax records in that box, but since they've gone online, the box pretty much contains payslips exclusively. Now, I get no joy out of this collection, as I'm sure most people wouldn't, and I wish I didn't get them. So, if I were the Minister for Education, what I would do to help me in this would provide online payslips. Hello, hello, you're very welcome to this episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis. Um, I don't know how I'm going to get uh, an episode out of uh, providing online payslips, but I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to give it a go. And the intro that I just gave there got me thinking. I presume everyone has collected something when they were a child, uh, at least when they were a child. I mean, when I was very, very young, uh, for some reason, my mum must have thought stamp collecting was a useful pursuit. And for some reason, uh, myself and my friends all started doing that for a while. And all of us, you know, I remember we get these little packets, little plastic packets or or even some envelopes. I can't actually remember what they came in uh, of... um, you know, these stamps and all of us were kind of like praying that one day we'd find a penny black, if I remember correctly, in the packets. Uh, you know, I don't even know where we got the, the these stamps from. Did we get them sent away for? But anyway, at some point, uh, probably very quickly, I we, we all realised that this hobby was, was not cool. Uh, possibly because, um, and I'm going to guess, that Walter the Softy and the Beano possibly did some, something similar. It probably was a stamp collector and Dennis the Menace put him straight, put manners on him. Uh, anyway, after that, it was... Um, for me, if I remember correctly, it was Sabutio figures. I don't know if people remember Sabutio, these um, little football figurines um, that you play um, uh, football matches uh, on. This is before computer games came along to, to, to ruin Sabutio. And I was absolutely obsessed with Sabutio. And our entire estate had tournaments 
all the time, uh, which always ended up with someone quitting after a shock defeat, um, which also resulted in at least one Subutio player being tread on uh, in anger. Um, anyway, in my teens, I, I collected um, the ticket stubs from concerts I went to, which maybe was slightly cooler maybe than Subutio and stamp collecting, I don't know. And I kind of still wish I'd kept those, um, <laughs> though I don't really know why. Um, I mean, some part of me thinks that I could show, um, you know, my, my ticket stubs from my teenage years to some random people, you know, like, like people used to show holiday photos. Uh, here, look at my ticket stub. This is when I saw Pulp in the SFX in 2004 or whatever it might be. Uh, or actually 1994. Oh my God. Um, anyway, and this is uh, when I saw Oasis in the Point Depot. Yes, I saw them in the Point Depot and so on. Uh, and regale stories that no one would really care about in huge details about queuing for hours at two o'clock in the morning outside HMV in Grafton Street for said Oasis tickets. Anyway, don't worry, I, I'm not going to be carrying on with my stories of queuing for tickets for concerts back in days before the internet. Anyway, once I moved out of home, my collecting days pretty much ended. I was living in a two-roomed flat in Rat Mines. Um, I, even though I'm from Rat Mines, I still rented a flat in Rat Mines. I, I don't know why I did that. But anyway, ultimately, even if I fancied collecting anything, it would have been impossible to do so. Uh, and and that was with the exception of my pay slips from the Department of Education. Because my first job after completing my computer science degree just after the dot-com bubble burst, after a brief stint in tech support for Aircom and washing dishes in the various kitchens of multinationals, was as an untrained teacher in a primary school in Killinarden in Tala. It's where I received my first proper payslips, I think. And even in those days, I'm pretty sure Aircom didn't bother giving proper payslips to their casual employees like me. Um, now, my memory is a little blurry, but I'm almost 100% sure that these payslips were almost a thing of beauty. Thing of beauty, let me tell you. Not like today's payslip, which is quite boring, uh, which comes in a very normal white um, A4 sheet on paper stuffed into a boring C5 envelope. No, payslips back in the early days of this millennium they were like a, a beautiful puzzle, like a, a piece of origami. Um, I mean, they were easily recognisable um, from this incredible ugly shade of a greeny yellow or yellowy green, uh, a bit like an olive or something like that like an ugly olive rather than those nice olives that you might get. Um, and on the sides were these lovely strips of white tear-off edges. And once you tore off those edges in the right order, um, and they did leave instructions for that, inside you found your treasure. I'm pretty sure, now I could be wrong on this when these came out, they did have uh, training um, on how to do that. Now they couldn't have. They couldn't have. Now I'm just making that up. I have to have been making that up. But anyway, once you did uh, strip off those edges in the right order, inside you found your treasure. And that treasure was was a printed list of your pay and deductions. Um, now, someone must have advised me to keep these payslips because that's kind of what I did. I was told you, you need to keep those payslips for some reason. And I had a box um, in the bottom of my wardrobe and that's where those payslips piled up until the box is full. And by that stage, I qualified as a teacher and the contents of the box uh, were in a black bag uh, that was in an attic. I don't even know which attic, probably the attic, probably my, my childhood home. And that got forgotten about. They're probably still there uh, for all I know. And uh, to be honest, my life wasn't ruined in any way as a result of this. Now, the next time I really thought about my payslips in any way was when the Department of Education decided to do away with those olive envelopes and replace them with boring ones that we have now. Now, I don't know why uh, they moved from these 
uh, you know, from those lovely tear apart slips to the ones we have now. And I must say, I was kind of disappointed for a few minutes. I, I felt like I had to put in more effort to find out how much I was being paid, uh, like back in the old school uh, days. And um, it also felt like there was just more waste with the envelopes. I mean, with the, with the old ones, you were left with three tiny little slivers of paper. And now it's an entire envelope with added kind of bits of plastic. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of beginning to sound nostalgic about something as pointless as a wage slip, so I'm going to move on. If I think about it, there's rarely been a point in my career where I needed my actual payslip. I'm not saying there has never been a time where I've never needed my payslip. For example, when I was applying for a mortgage, I think I remember I had to show them my payslips for the few months preceding my application, maybe six months or three months, I can't remember. And I possibly needed to share my most recent payslip if I was applying for a loan. However, I can't say I've ever needed my payslip for any more than that. Um, effectively, my pay, any payslip I have that's more than three months old is really probably not needed. However, maybe that's just me. But every time I do get a payslip, I don't go to the bottom of my pile and remove early ones. Every so often, like pretty much when my box gets full, I look through it and I do a bit of a cull. Uh, and these days, because almost everybody else has now switched to digital bills and digital statements, my box is pretty much just full of payslips from the Department of Education and nothing really else. Maybe I have some record, my, my birth certificate might be in there and maybe my uh, my will or, 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 you know, but other than that, it's kind of like slip payslips from the Department of Education. But if you think about it, apart from the Department of Education, we rarely, if ever, need to get paper statements or bills anymore. Perhaps we might get an annual statement of a mortgage or maybe we have to get a paper-based record of a contract for a phone or an insurance or something like that. But in general, having regular paper-based statements has kind of become a thing of the past um, in most households. Now, I know businesses are different where paper records are still needed, but do we really need a paper-based payslip every two weeks? It's not long ago that we needed paper-based stuff, to be fair. I mean, it's 2021 when I'm recording this. For example, if you wanted to get a bill, pay, mobile phone uh, up until a few years ago, you needed a statement, a pay, uh, like a printed statement from your bank. And not just any printed statement. You couldn't print it from home. Uh, they wouldn't accept printouts from the internet. So if you got thrown... Um, so if you've been, you know, if you threw out your monthly statement from the bank, you'd have to go you actually physically have to go to the bank to get one. And these days you can simply print them off the internet and it's no problem. Now I can't remember the reasons um, or when that changed, but I think that's kind of normal nowadays. I also can't remember the reasons for needing to have a P60 uh, at some point, but I'm thinking it was probably for a mortgage or a loan or something fairly serious. And I remember again, up until recently, you got that posted out to you once a year and God help you if you lost it. Um, again, nowadays, you simply print it off the My Account section of your PIY, uh, the PIYE website. Uh, and in fact, if you need any evidence of any tax changes or records these days, it couldn't really be much easier to get them. Um, you know, you don't need to sift through a box of records anymore um, or in a filing cabinet if you're lucky to have one of those in your house. You just print things off the internet. So apart from hoarding and the waste of paper, why would I really be bothered about getting payslips in the post? I mean, does it really matter? I mean, I, I mean, ultimately, what, what does it matter that I'm getting? It's, it's nice to get posts these days. I mean, it's so rare you get anything in the post anymore. But for me, the incentive is this. And I'm basing this on a, a couple of newspaper articles that come along and they usually come along when there's a bigger issues around and, and it's almost like the Department of Education kind of say, oh, we better get a news story out here to distract people. But basically it costs the Department of Education two million euro a year 
on posting out wage slips, on just the postage for the pay slips. Two million euro. I kind of feel I should say that in a Dr. Evil voice. Um, yeah, actually, maybe not. Anyway, just think of all the things the education system could get for two million euro every year. Now, before you get very excited, you're not going to get very anything very groundbreaking. Two million euro it doesn't actually pay for that much in our education system. I mean, it's only 625 euro per primary school if you divided it up evenly, which, I mean, 200, you know, 625 euro isn't something to be sniffed at. I mean, in fairness, in many primary schools, I mean, it's, it's worth, I mean, if I got 625 euro, it you get something decent, you know, you'd, you'd be able to stock a, a class library pretty nicely with, um, you know, uh, with, with new books and things like that. But let's look at it in different ways, because two million euro every year, you know, is radical enough. You know, you can actually get, I mean, you wouldn't divide it evenly between schools because that doesn't really help matters. But what could you get for two million euro a year if uh, we all went for online payslips? So let's look, for example, it's 61 extra SNAs into the system every year. 61 extra SNAs. That's very useful. It's also 25 extra NEP psychologists. And I'm basing, by the way, these figures on the average wage of an SNA and a NEP psychologist. So 25 extra NEP, uh, NEP psychologists into the system. It's also around 40 CNOs into our system a year. But to be fair, I can't really think of any reason we'd actually need 40 extra CNOs into our system. Um, as I said, these aren't particularly huge numbers. And thinking about the fact that simply replacing paper-based payslips with 61 extra SNAs or 25 NEP psychologists in the system, I mean, for me, that's a no-brainer in itself. We should do that. But it's just one small way to replace pointless, outdated things in the Department of Education with things that the education system really actually needs. I would absolutely prefer to have an online um, payslip in exchange for 61 SNAs or 25 extra NEP psychologists. There is so much wastage in the Department of Education um, that costs huge amount of monies. I mean, look what we've just done by cutting out one small thing like online payslips. Two million euro. So we need to look at other things in the Department of Education uh, that are also a bit of a waste of money. And I suppose this is how I'm going to extend my idea of providing online payslips. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get a huge amount of time out of it. You know, for once, I've only gone on for about 15 minutes and I could nearly end the episode there saying, there you go, two million euro, off we go. If I were the Minister for Education, I would. Uh, but I'm going to extend this a little bit, looking into another area where there's an absolute hemorrhage of money, which doesn't need to happen. And you won't be surprised to hear me <laughs> say what it is. Let's look at the NCSE. To me, the NCSE is an absolute waste of money now. It, it served its purpose. I mean, I absolutely accept that the NCSE was needed at some point, but it's no longer really needed anymore. And the only purpose of the NCSE um, back in the day was to allocate resources to children with additional needs. And that was its only job. You would get a psychological report, either from NEPS, if you could get one, or from a private psychologist, if it recommended um, SNA access or um, ex additional hours. The CNO's job uh, at the time was to provide those and the NCSE's job was to provide the resource hours. And that was really its only job and it did its job fairly fine at its time. Um, but, um, interestingly, <laughs> the uh, you know, over the last number of years, they have kind of in some way done what they kind of have asked us uh, to do 
uh, for the last number of years. And what they've sort of asked people to do was to put themselves out of jobs. Um, because if you get granted an SNA uh, for a child in junior infants, your goal is to kind of get yourself out of a job by, I suppose, ensuring the child is independent enough to no longer need you. And in a way, at this time of the recording, um, the NCSE are about to allocate SNAs to schools via computer algorithm. It's going to happen in 2022-2023, where they're no longer going to be treating um, children as individuals. They're going to be using a front-loading model, which will basically require a computer to output an algorithm to basically state how many uh, SNAs and what your set allocation is going to be based on an algorithm. And in some ways, there's absolutely no need for most of the staff then to be there anymore. I mean, even now, the CNOs don't make the decisions on, um, on, on if you have an exceptional review. They make kind of a recommendation. But some faceless entity who we don't know kind of comes back and basically says, well, you can have half of what the CNO has sort of recommended. Well, that's generally what's happened uh, in my case and cases where I've heard. Um, but essentially, there is no need for most of the staff to be there. And there's actually very little point in what they do now because they've moved their system from this child-centred base to one that's based on number crunching. All they do now is try and save as much money as possible and spin um, you know, and spin away that there are increasing allocations and so on. And ultimately, if a school requires more support than it needs, the NCSE shouldn't really be needed anymore. We should actually just simply have a system where we call NEPs, because NEPs actually are the people that recommend the resources, and they will be able to analyse our current provision and adjust the allocation kind of nicely. The NCSE, if you think about it, really has no purpose anymore given that they're no longer interested in individual children and sorting out the resources. it could All their work could be done by NEPs. And I've said this in a previous episode, that we should scrap the NCSE and replace it with an extended NEPs service. Now, nothing I ever say, by the way, before I continue, and nothing ever I say in this podcast is ever personal. I'm never having a go at individual people or uh, anything like that. Sometimes, what, what we have to do is we have to just step back a little bit and look at things and notice them and notice, like, why do we do what we're doing at the moment? And as I said, the NTSC doesn't really serve any useful purpose that couldn't be done by NEPs anymore. Um, and they can do it much more efficiently. I mean, they're already kind of doing it already. I mean, they're coming in, they make their assessments and they can make recommendations. I mean, it's kind of easy enough. And... I'm looking at the system um, because I, 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 what I'm doing, as, as I said, I have to kind of say, sometimes I do research for this. Uh, but in my research in 2019, which is the last record I can find, there were, one, there were 183 NEPS psychologists in Ireland. Okay, um, 183 NEPS psychologists to do all the work of 3,200 schools in Ireland. In 2019, the NCSE had 213.6 people working with them. Now, which of these services were more beneficial to schools isn't really a question that would have anyone really would have any difficulty in answering. And as an aside, you, you might just wonder what was that point six? Apparently, there were sixty four point six CNOs in the country. That's where your point six is coming from. So, of the two hundred thirteen. Uh, and a half people, 64 and a half of those were CNOs, which um, if I'm going to do my maths right, there's almost 150 people working the NCSE that weren't CNOs. So let's just look, you know, I mean, for me, that's very odd. Why, what are these 150 people doing, um, you know, 
they're not actually in schools. The only people we see and deal with are the senos in schools and they make up only a third, less than a third of the people that actually work in the NCSE. So, I mean, for me, we need to see, okay, where are the, where is this money going, you know, for these 213 and a half people? Let's look at what it costs us. And you won't be surprised to know it costs more than the posting of our wage slips. But I want to briefly go through it so we can just see one other example of how we are hemorrhaging money into, an edu into the education system for no reason than that's kind of always the way we've done things, even after long after they've served their purpose. And what I'm going to do is, uh, luckily, um, with public bodies, they have to uh, share their financial records. So that's what I did. I went to the NCSE's uh, financial records. It's not that hard to find, to be fair. I mean, you do have to look hard for it. You do, you do have to look a bit uh, for it. But I found, uh, anyway, the NCSE's last records of their financial statements. And let's. I'm just going to share with you some of, uh, some of the money that they spend. And for me... Um, one tiny example of the, of the of the money they spent. This is what the this is what they paid for consultancy costs alone, one hundred and forty seven thousand euro and seventy two cent. To put that into context, this is my school's total cost on consultants in the last decade, not on the last year, on the last decade. Here here it is. Are you ready? Zero. In fact, this figure is more than is a figure that the NCSC spent in the last year alone on um, NCSC consultants costs was pretty much my entire more than my entire annual budget for the majority. Um, I, I, for, well, basically, it's actually the figure it's the entire annual budget for the majority of individual primary schools in the country. That's what they paid on consultancy. So let's have some more fun here with the NCSC because I like having fun. Let's play with them. Guess how much the NCSC paid for travel? Uh, and substances is in 2019 alone. Now, this is what the NCSC paid for travel and subsistence. Now, remember, this is just travel expenses. So it doesn't actually serve any valuable purpose whatsoever to schools. And just remember as well, this is how much schools receive. Schools receive not a single cent for travel and subsistence for their job. And rightly so, by the way, we shouldn't be paid to travel to our jobs or travel for our jobs. But th there aren't too many professions out there that get paid to travel for going, for going to work. So this is how much they paid for travel in 2019 alone. Are you ready? Have a guess before. I mean, have a guess. What would you think? Now, if I had a guess before I saw this, I, would, I wouldn't have got even close to it. One million four hundred and fifty thousand eight hundred and forty-five euro. Now that deserves to be done in a Doctor Evil voice. I can't. I. I. I was astonished. Uh, by the way, that's forty-four SNAs a year. Just. Just so you know, one and a half million euro on travel, which has gives no purpose, positive purpose to schools. And how much did the state grant the NCSE in two thousand nineteen? Because the state obviously funds the NCSE uh, in a way, it, it pays them to be a buffer with no accountability, and maybe it's money well spent. The state would say because it saves them the uh, saves them the hassle of being sued, uh, or 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 having uh, have anyone being able to sue anyone about uh, children with additional needs. Well, they give them fourteen and a half million euro a year uh, to fund to to fund them. That, by the way, is four thousand four hundred and twenty SNAs. Yeah, that's more than one per school. Now, I would suggest that, you know, 
that is value for money. Giving one SNA per school at least um, would be very good value for money. And amazingly, if you go down through the expenses, you'll get more and more frustrated by the sheer waste of money that goes into this one agency. I'm going to, I was, I was, I was, you might have heard that little beat of a pause before I said the word agency. I was going to say Quango. I'm going to stick with agency because that's what it is, I suppose. Six million euro in wages only scratches the surface. There, there's just loads of stuff. Like their depreciation on assets alone would get you eight SNAs in a, a year into the system. Utility bills count for a million euro a year. And I could go on, but it's worth having a Google of their accounts. And it would be interesting to have a kind of a study to find out whether the cost of this agency balances out its effectiveness. Um, now, I'm, 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 I presume that's never going to happen. But when I say effectiveness, I would look at it in two ways. How it benefits children and how it benefits the money straps of the government. Um, and somehow I think despite the 14 million or so that the state provides them, it might very well be less than actually supporting the children, uh, the cost it would be to actually support children with additional needs. But I mean, this is, this is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And rather than going through more examples of education-related uh, quangos and agencies that might be considered, I suppose, a waste of money, the example of the NCSE, I think, is example enough of how much state money is being wasted on things in education that don't need to be wasted. And how if we simplified the system, and I go on about this all the time in my podcast, simplifying the system. For example, why are we still paying private agencies to run the education system? For example, hundreds and hundreds of millions of euro every year are gifted to one private agency um, the Catholic Church, namely, possibly billions if one adds up the building projects, repairs to buildings and so on. I mean, honestly, how are there so many agencies uh, and bodies in the education system that are simply not needed? And if we simply cut them back, not only would we have a much more lean and efficient system, but we'd have enough money to resource areas that aren't currently resourced. And yes, in reality, 2 million euro, euro per year on postage on wage, wage slips is probably not the biggest problem, but it's still a problem that could be solved very quickly. And it wouldn't take a huge effort for the Department of Education to come up with a system that gives teachers some sort of an account, an online account, where their wage slips could simply be posted online. They, you know, we can post them, you know, maybe that's the language we need to use. And the system could actually have more benefits um, other than just simply a place where they store your um, uh, on online wage slips. Um, they could be used for other forms of a communication, for example, circulars, memos and things like that. And it could be a reasonably good portal for communication. And come to think of it, it could be a communication portal where a teacher could log in and communicate possibly in real time with someone in the Department of Education. But, you know, I'll, you know, I'm probably eating up a lot more than that two million by creating that system, maybe. Although, again, it might save a fortune potentially in other areas. You know, I mean, if it, could, if it was designed well enough, it could actually save money in other areas. One potential banana skin here that I haven't mentioned, and I suppose we have to be realistic here, is the fact that every employee is probably entitled, uh, legally entitled, to a printed payslip. Now, I wonder if... You know, just because something is a, a legal entitlement doesn't mean you have to uh, provide it. I mean, there may be an incentive not to print them and have them uploaded and available to print. For example, if 50% of teachers decided not to get them printed, let's say that was the option, would there be a way for that one million saved to be directly invested into schools for something? You know, to be honest, 
you know, I imagine very few school workers would really, really want a printed wage slip these days if they were asked. Um, and if they were told by Going Paperless, the Department of Education would commit to directly using that budget to fund, let's say, SNAs in the classroom, I think with that choice, it might do the trick. For those of you who aren't aware, um, these podcasts have actually come from a very small project I did about four years ago when I listed 130 ways I would change the education system if I were the Minister for Education. And they consisted of blog posts uh, before I had the idea of turning them into, into podcasts. And some of these blog posts were extremely short. And this particular one is, was only two paragraphs long. And if, I was, if I'm really honest, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of probably tackled most of the big ones by now uh, in my first 50 or so podcast episodes. And if I was honest, this, this, I'm starting to move into the area where uh, some of my uh, suggestions are quite basic and short. And <laughs> if, I, if I'm honest, I was dreading trying to make a full episode of this podcast based on something as small as making wage slips digital. However, I hope... Um, this episode inspires you uh, to go to your collection of wage slips and maybe consider recycling the swathes of paper you've probably amassed um, in your collection. And probably you might think of some other ways the Department of Education could save money on things we don't need, whether that's big stuff like the NCSE or the small things like what this episode started off with, which was, if I were the Minister for Education, I would provide online wage slips. Okay, so there we have it. That is it for this week uh, from If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshaw.net. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did, be sure, sure to tune in every Friday evening. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and any other podcasting app by searching for either Unshaw.net or If I Were the Minister for Education. I'd really appreciate you subscribing to the podcast so each new episode will be available to you immediately after its release. And please also feel free to review the the podcast so others can find it more easily that's it for me anyway thanks a million for listening we'll be back again next week all the best and bye bye